What's up, happy people? Welcome back to another episode of Perception is a Bitch. If I were to guess, you're probably wondering right now, what's wrong with Deji and that weird ass silence in the middle over there? You see, that's what we call horror vacui. And I'm not talking about that haunted house horror. I'm talking about that your mind is your own worst enemy type of horror. Human beings are not meant to exist in a vacuum. So white noises and blank spaces will fuck with you. I guess this is why they sentence motherfuckers to solitary confinement in prison. Drives motherfuckers crazy. So let's talk about horror vacui on today's episode of perception is a fucking bitch man this is why people like weed even with all the like legal things of like all, all the legislature yeah telling you not to have it we like it even alcohol, it lets us get to that blank space, you know, that that <sighs> blissful silence in now, our brain. It, all it took was writing philosophy to understand why <laughs> they've been trying to ban these substances for so long. Uh, because it they brings don't, inner peace. Otherwise, human beings cannot achieve it. Like, could, you ima- <laughs> could you imagine if they put you in solitary confinement in prison and then gave uh, you weed? It would, you'd be, it would, you'd be, you'd be fine. fine. Yeah, this is chill. <laughs> this, that sounds like heaven. The whole point of solitary... You mean I get to be high and y'all leave me and the, leave fuck, me the fuck alone? The whole point of solitary confinement is to put you in that position where your mind is afraid straight, to be yeah. by itself. Yeah, and you that's, think too much. That's that's the fear is your mind starts spinning. You can't deal with the with the silence. But if they give you weed... Guess what? And you could be comfortable in the silence... Guess what? What? My mind is blissfully blank right now. How is that possible? I'm not telling. <laughs> not telling. Have you been? Did you take some behind me? Have you been eating? I'm some? not telling. Have you been eating some brownies? I don't know shit. <laughs> my mind is a blank playground right now. Do, do, do I need to go check the cabinets? Do, are my eyes glassy? Your eyes are not glassy. <laughs> so, what's up, happy people? Welcome to today's episode of Perception Is a Bitch. We are talking about one of the concepts or principles from our book perception is a bitch on amazon it's called horror vacui and dun, dun, dun. you want actually let, let me pull up the definition because it sounds pretty cool it sounds cool because the first time i learned about this concept you I know like keanu reeves should be saying that like <laughs> it should be a movie horror vacui. it sounds like a movie thing but horror vacui is a fear or dislike of empty spaces Right. Basically, when you think about this in philosophical terms or in perception is a bitch terms, it's basically people's inability to keep their mind blank. Mm-hmm. Right. We have to have meaning for everything. We everything needs an explanation. Everything needs an answer. People need to define themselves as nouns. I am my race. I am, you know, I'm a conservative. I'm a Republican. I am Democrat. I am gay, gay straight, straight bi. I am white, I am black. People can't just be. We have to be defined by something. You you got to be a noun. You can't just be the verb, right? Like that scares motherfuckers. I agree, it does. Like we want everyone to have a role and a label, uh, a title. We even do it when we introduce ourselves to new people. It's like, oh, I'm so-and-so, and, and, and tell me what you do. It's one of the first questions we ask. Like, what we do you feel do? Very, yeah, if a motherfucker was like, I do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, now it's, it's how we judge how worth they are to to for us society, to spend time right. with. Yeah. Like, for us to invest our resources and emotions in. If you're like, oh, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer. Now it's like, oh, okay, yeah, tell me more. What do you, what do, you do? Um, tell me about that. Now, now you're interesting. If you're like, oh, I'm a garbage person or I'm a, I'm a secretary. It's like, now ah, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah not you're not too valuable to society. You know, you see this in art a lot too. Like um, a lot of old 
um, artist would fill up the entire canvas. And again, it's that fear of leaving a blank space. Like if mm -hmm. you don't fill the entire space, maybe the art will seem less than. And I feel like uh, it's not until more modern art that you started to see a lot of blank spaces and canvases because there is a beauty to it, but you have to, it, it can be, um, it can be very gut-wrenching to have a canvas with just a few splashes of color on it because now you're like, I feel like I need to keep going. Um, even artists talk a lot about how like that, knowing when to walk away, knowing when to just put the paintbrush down and leave it because there's always a little more that you feel like you could do, a little something else you could add, but you could end up detracting from it. Um, same thing with fashion. You know, they always say, get dressed, right? Put on all your accessories and then like take five off. Because we have a tendency to overthink, to overcomplicate, to add too much and not embrace those blank spaces, the simplicity. Right. So um, I, I enjoy minimalism. Mm -hmm. I, I like very clean lines. Um, I'm the type of guy who would own a million dollar home and not put a single piece of furniture in it. Yeah. Right. And that will drive some people crazy because they would walk into well, that a, space. It is a more modern concept because... Now it's become modern, but... It, well, it's a modern concept because prior to that trend coming, middle, uh, modernism, minimalism, the clean lines, uh, that was... It was almost poor to have nothing in your house, to walk into a house and not have the little knickknacks and vases and kitschy little angels the with gadgets, the wings. Yeah. yeah. It, it meant you were poor because you couldn't afford those knickknacks. Where now it's like it's, it's you're almost wealthier because you just buy a few clean things and, and you have to let, you have to let the space itself Speak, carry right, the ambiance right. and not try to add to it with knickknacks. You know, like my office at work is blank. Like my mm. walls are blank. Well, that's a totally different Hold psychology on. right there. <laughs> I, I know why your office is blank. I don't plan on being here long. <laughs> that's that fire retirement plan. You're like, ah, this is not a next 20 year kind of position. This is like, you got five, motherfucker, maybe. Uh, I'm not moving in with my fridge and shit. You know, but no, this is a short term relationship. We just hooking up right now. I'm yeah, not going to yeah, leave yeah. my toothbrush because. <laughs> but, but team members will walk into my in office. Yeah. But team members will walk into my office and be like, man, it is so blank in here because and like, thank you. they are uncomfortable with the nothingness on the wall. Right. Or even our, the car. The, yeah. The, the Cadillac is always clean. It's the, there's nothing in there. No people, clutter. No clutter. And people will walk in and go, oh, man, you must have no kids. I'm like, well, this is not so much a reflection of not having kids. It's just it's a, it's a me thing. Right. Like, I don't I don't like the clutter i don't like the accessories or even now we need to have an ocd kit yeah, <laughs> yeah otherwise yeah. you're in trouble even now at work you know we're going through this one project where we're we've been tasked out to create this minimalistic look and feel well, to all the came clubs from your club because you were doing that just on your own because it was your style and then because of the covid and like cleanliness standards it makes it appear cleaner and and makes people feel safer because there's less clutter so it right, feels right. like you haven't been able to clean stuff right so i was already doing it but now it's become this company type play mm -hmm. where but it's it's hard and i'm seeing i'm seeing team members struggle with it because mm -hmm. they're not comfortable with, with the, the club emptiness. just being empty like that, we've gutted out our entire retail department. They want to put something out to make yes, it pretty. Yes, Mem members are not comfortable with it because you walk in and it's just this blank space. You know, another way where this shows up is people's just inability to say, I don't know. I don't know. Right, I'll but say it. <laughs> I don't know. But, but that's not a comfortable thing for people, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you ask somebody a question, uh -huh. or, or even in customer service where you, you walk into a store and you're asking the cashier or whoever's working there uh -huh. series of questions, they don't want, if they don't know, they don't want to tell you. Oh, yeah. Because. Now they feel like it's a, a fault on their right. part. And you put the pressure on them because you don't want to be told you don't know. Imagine if somebody working at a store said, ma'am, I really don't know the answer to that question. What's your next response? Well, who the hell does? <laughs> and if they go, well, no one knows. Now you are not, you don't accept that as an answer. So as a culture, we are able to accept that I just don't know. 
Mm. Right. So it then forces people to make shit up, to make bullshit reasons up. I think that's just you. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm making a larger up. point here. I'm saying okay. this is reflective of the human experience because uh-huh. it's this need to know yeah. that forces us to give answers through religion, through politics, through it's what it's what it's why we have philosophers who go write these paradigms and philosophies that people then model their lives after because people just can't accept the fact that you know what we're out Nobody here in knows. this universe we like what happens we, after death we don't we know don't what the know. fuck's going on we can't accept i don't know so it now forces somebody to go create answers and they're like you know what yep that that makes sense to us <laughs> that that's exactly what we're looking uh. for Right. Like that's the human experience, this fear of being in a vacuum, this fear of allowing our minds to just exist in this. I don't know the answer state. You know, I think it was uh, Steve Jobs, though, who talked about and I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it was Steve Jobs who talked about what gave him courage is knowing that the next man wasn't any smarter than him. That was Steve Jobs. Okay, so to me that I don't know gives me comfort because I know no one knows for sure. It gives you permission to go figure it out. Yeah, it gives me permission to be okay with the not knowing, you know, like I, I don't I tell you all the time. I don't know. I don't know. I have an opinion, but I don't know. I have a guess, but I don't know. Um, and I, I think there's a, a quiet confidence that comes with saying I have no fucking clue. And even on these podcasts, that's that's the one thing I always come back to and why I always say we're just talking bullshit. Because we're just talking about nonsense that we might think that's or per- hypothesize. Yeah, and that's why perception's a bitch. Because mm-hmm. no one really knows. We're all yeah. making shit up. Right. And every philosophy, no matter how rational or well thought out it sounds, mm-hmm. is a perspective. It's bullshit that somebody made up and then you listen to it and went, you know what? Yep, that makes sense to me. I'm modeling my life after that. But it's it's shit we made up. Now, some people have taken their shit to be absolute truth and mm-hmm. want to evangelize that perspective to the entire world as thou shalt believe this way. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, slow the fuck down. You know, it's funny because the more undefined you are, like bringing it back to how we said, like people want you to pick your nouns, you know, your your race, religion, um, sexuality. Define yourself so yeah, we understand you, so we can bring you in focus. Yeah. So like, it's interesting because if you look at the, um, from so look at it from a sexuality perspective, of all the um, LGBTQ letters, right? There's some that make people more uncomfortable than others, right? And like the gay and lesbian, it's like, okay, even if you don't quite agree with it, you understand it slightly, like um, it's it's easy to say, okay, that's, they're in a box, they're in a definition. And then you look at the bisexual or the trans people, and now it's like they're a little less defined. They're a little more, or the non-binary people, like, those ones, I feel like, give people more of a problem. But even every layer of non-definition is still a layer of definition. Yeah. Right? It's Because like now you're still defining yourself. Yeah, it's uh, by, by something, right? It's like those motherfuckers who are like, oh, I'm a rebel, I'm a rebel. Well, then you have the queer, because that's just like, <laughs> I don't really know. I'm just kind of out yet, here but, floating. But yet all these rebels seem to wear the, the holy jeans with the, you know, Sons of Anarchy shirts. And I'm like, okay, okay, this is a box. <laughs> right? The rebels still all this like, is a the paradigm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get you. But my, my point is, is like, I, I'm trying to define why... Uh, someone who might be okay with people who are gay or lesbian, but then have a problem with trans or bi's or um, non-binary people who identify as their they, because those people they can't define as well. Like even me, I'm I'm bi, and it, there's a there's a sense if I tell somebody that I'm bi, like if I tell a girl I'm bi, now all of a sudden she's, oh, is she checking me out? But, you know, well, they, like, it depends on her filters. It, it's it's confusing for people because like you still go into the girl's restroom, you still um, go into the girl's locker room and, and you don't necessarily find every girl attractive. And I still find guys attractive because if I found just girls attractive, now they're like, oh, 
Oh, well, okay. Well, let's make this more of a paradigm shift for people. If a guy came out and said he was bi uh-huh. and went into the men's restroom and you knew he was bi, it would freak you the fuck out. Because he- now you're like, wait, you don't quite fit the definition. We need a third restroom for this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and- I'm not comfortable with him being in here because, you know, he doesn't quite fit into my box. And, and the same thing with, with trans people. It's like it kind of throws people off. Um, or the non-binary people who identify as they, there. Because it, it's like people they, have... They, there? They, oh, yeah, they find, them, yeah, yeah. I realized that on uh, the first TED Talk we did. I met We met a guy who was a they. Mm. That was the first time I had ever heard... You met a person that was a they. You, okay, you, I, see, I'm still... Getting, I know. I, I am see, so sorry. Point. Didn't mean to offend anyone. You could... That's... Because it trips people up because they could accidentally offend someone or they don't know the exact rules or where the line is. Um, and people need that line. They need the definition. They need to understand exactly from the get-go what they can and what can't say. What am I say, dealing with? What, exactly. And sometimes people need context. It's like, okay, that's a lion. Run, you know, that's a cat. Yeah. You should be fine. Think you about know? even back to the seventies when men would wear long hair and it would confuse people like, Oh, are you a woman? Because now I can't easily identify the attributes of you that are more male or more female. So I don't know where to place you. So men you. start hitting on men. So it's like, or, you know what? Yeah, Let's just yeah. have all men cut their heads off. Cut, cut their hair <laughs> off. <laughs> that would see that's that would be some feminist idea of a beautiful world. All men cut your heads off. All men cut their hair off and women grow long hair, right? Well, that, and people yeah, make it biblical gender, terms. Um, people want to make oh. it like a moral issue, but it could be just this mind not being able to exist in a vacuum. So it's we nice that we lines. create this separation, this line of, yeah. Yeah. It's like the the big arguments that they do even with kids. It's like, oh, uh, little boys can't play with dolls and butterflies and little girls can't play soccer and, and football, play in the mud. So, and we've come a long way as a society on breaking down a have lot of we, those lines. Have we, we have. The lines have just changed. What To your point where I was going, though, is we've created new boxes. Okay. So, we haven't gotten rid of the boxes. We haven't taught everyone to just let go of the box and not be defined as male, female, um, one sexuality or the other, just love people, love like even even nationalism like we can't just say i love the world we have, oh, i'm america i love america's first america's what, what the do best. you mean what do you mean you love the world yeah like i'm i but, can but just say i'm, I'm a happy human here's the thing and this is why tragedy mm-hmm. or like national events tend to bind human beings collectively when we have a common enemy so this need to not be in a vacuum oh i'm american and you're african or mm-hmm. you're nigerian or you're whatever American plight. No, we're white, we're black. But if we're invaded by an alien force, all of a sudden it's we're world. Human. We're all, all together. It's, it's world versus aliens. <laughs> it's Earth versus, versus yeah. Mars. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. So the enemy of your enemy it changes the lines. is my friend. <laughs> you change the context, all of a sudden uh-huh. human beings are willing to draw draw new lines and be like, oh, you know what? Blacks We're all Ju- together. Blacks, Jews, you know what? For the meantime, I can fuck with these fuckers. Think about <laughs> even would, the Civil War. I mean, that was when you had uh, one of the first times you had whites and blacks fighting side by side. We have common on enemy the same now. Team, yeah. The, the, line, the, the lines the of division over, have been have been drawn. You're right, back right. to being segregated. It, yeah. So human beings just can't accept that. You know what? It, this reminds me of that song, Imagine, by John Lennon. Imagine all the people. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. We're not living. doing karaoke. <laughs> If you can sing, I can sing too. Just calm yourself <laughs> down. Imagine the world without religion. Just dropped. Imagine the world without religion. It isn't hard to do. Imagine the world without no borders, no races. It's easy if you see. If it's easy if you see it too. Imagine all the people. <laughs> Living life in peace. You may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. If we have a kid who can sing, I know something You join us, and the world will be as one. You know what they did to John Lennon? They shot this motherfucker because he was saying, "You know what? Can we? The vacuum is not so scary." Can't yeah. we just exist in the world without all these undefined. labels? Can't we just be undefined? 
humanity was like, we need our definitions. We like our nouns. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker asking us to be the verb. Fuck you. Shoot him. This is why I go to bed with the knife and machete right next to Because <laughs> here I am saying be the verb, not the noun. <laughs> you know, they got John Lennon. They got Jesus. They got Gandhi. I don't Gandhi. think we're on John Lennon level yet. You, I don't think John Lennon knew he was on John Lennon level till he's in the grave, okay? It's usually too late when you find out. So I just say a motherfucker need to be prepared because when you start talking this be undefined shit, you, you know, know. It's interesting, though, because non-binary people, you would say, are the definition of being undefined. Yes, and yet people, yeah, society doesn't like that. Exactly. Society like, yeah, these, these undefined motherfuckers... And it, it still then it becomes another definition because now they're another another label another category right. So even if you went around saying I'm undefined, I'm undefined, people will use that to define you. So this is what I say about being the verb. And let me let me let me let Be me the clarify verb. the the philosophy. Okay. So when I did the TED talk, I said you go from noun to verb to noun to verb to noun to verb, which means you start with the point of view. Mm-hmm. You question that point of view and it leads you into this vacuum. But we can't exist in a vacuum. So you end up in another definition. And then you question that definition. And then what does that lead you to? It leads you into a, into a vacuum, which you can't exist in that vacuum. So that vacuum leads you to a new definition. And so that is the cycle that repeats itself. And that's the process of being the verb. So is it's there going, even a point of, of leaving the definition? Can you just stay in the vacuum? Is there is there a point? No one can stay in the vacuum, and that's the or point. Or is it like in a video game where you graduate levels to bigger bosses? That's you just it. Get a bigger boss that's next it. time. That's it. It's the example. Another example we used in the book was uh, the allegory of the cave, where the guy went from thinking the shadows were reality, and then for a brief moment he exists in this frame of nothingness, the mm-hmm. horror vacui. But then he comes to a new truth, which the, the new truth is the stars. sun and the stars. Now, if he takes that truth to be absolute, then he doesn't see the galaxy beyond. There you go. He can't see the galaxy beyond what he's currently seeing. So that he's no different than the fuckers in the cave who are enslaved to the old way of thinking. He's just enslaved to a new way of thinking now. He's become a new definition. So what he needs to do is question that new paradigm exists in this moment of being the verb and horror vacui, the vacuum for a brief moment and then evolve into a new paradigm because we're always needing to bring the world in focus we need to make under we need to understand the world through some lens but you the point is you don't want to trust that lens to be absolute truth because it is just a point of view sorry i just went on another rant there you're looking at no, me no, like, i'm not looking at you i'm thinking uh we need a shot that was a good that was a good uh a oh good this was about a shot okay yeah. okay okay all right, let, let me gotta re-up. All right, let me send these motherfuckers on a break real quick. We'll be back. Hey, happy people. Hope you're enjoying the tipsy philosophical banter between Deji and I so far today as we discuss the many ways in which perception is a bitch. We'd like to take this quick break top off our tequila and remind all y'all bitches that you can submit your questions, comments, or topic ideas to our email piabpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find the links to our PIAB book, merch, and Instagram in the links attached to this episode. All right, now that that bullshit's out of the way and we've re-upped on our favorite inhibition-lowering, mind-expanding, and giggle-inducing substances. Let's get back to it. So I once had a boss who was very good at the silence, and I don't know if he did it intentionally. He did. You know he did. (laughs) Or maybe he was just unconsciously good at this. But I think he it was strategy. He, he was that sneaky motherfucker kind of guy. Yeah. Like I mean, loved him. Like, uh, but he was one. Of, you, he, you could just tell. You could he, tell. You, it was one of those bosses who who knew or understood, seemed to understand that people are uncomfortable with silence, 
And if he created that silence, you would just start spilling your guts. I so think. Let's, I, let's, I, let's mime this. Hold on. I think parents do this a lot with their kids too, right? Like, is there they anything you want to confess? They mind fuck them. Silence. <laughs> so, all right, let's role play this real quick. So, uh, he calls you up. Your phone rings. Ring, yeah. ring. Uh, hey, uh, hey, boss. How's it going? Hey, Daisy. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. silence <laughs> and then you'd have to come back with is there something you need boss yeah yeah and then I'm like well you know i was just looking at your numbers or just checking checking on you yeah. you know see if there's anything you need to let me know <laughs> and i'll yeah, be like silence. and then he'd be like silence and i then i'd be like well nothing is there something you need to know? <laughs> Is there something you need clarity on? Yeah. And he would do this a lot. He would do this a lot. And I knew that weak GMs. You start ranting. You start, start ranting. Because when your boss calls you like that. And out of the, and blue, out of the blue. Unexpected. And maybe you're not where you're supposed to be or whatever the case might be. And he start being quiet on the phone. You start spilling your guts. Well, oh, you know, I I, I left work early today. Or I struggled uh, closing this yeah, deal. Yeah, you know, I our percent. Right, right, right. I left work early. I, you know, it's like you start saying all the shit that, and then and then when you start spilling, he responds with something like, "Well, you know, tell me more." <laughs> <laughs> tell me more about this. And usually, when your boss tells you, "Tell me more," that's an indication for you to you shut the fuck up. You already said too much. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me more is aka i know this motherfucker is not comfortable with silence right now so i'm gonna exploit this weakness oh man i i, I had a boss who would do this in interviews yeah um, yeah he would do this in interviews where he'd be like you know tell me about yourself and then they'd say something or tell me about this job you, that you worked they'd say something he's like oh tell me more about that and he would do that for as long as he could he just keep tell me more I'm about like, that do you not have an or original thought your question no. you can ask me is no. the, the entire he, he interview just... doing it because they would dig themselves in a home the more he would say it they would start revealing shit that they did not intend to mm -hmm. reveal before they know they're like yeah you know oh yeah first off they'd start with oh yeah it was a great job learned a lot really thankful well, tell me more about that what did you you know just tell me more well, I learned how to do this. I, I really struggled with this one thing. And, and before you know it, they're oh, revealing. Oh, tell me more. Yeah, tell, tell me, me more. more. Well, I got fired. Because <laughs> <laughs> they start, if they had left it at the first answer, they would have been fine. Well, just when your boss starts asking you, tell me more, more than one time, it's okay to be like, well, that is all. There's no more to tell. There's no more to this tell. That's about tell. it. That's yeah. about all I got for you. Yeah, sometimes I'll have uh, those meetings with my boss. Like, tell me what you need. Tell me what's going on. Well, you know, we're hitting budget. Things are good. I don't need anything. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you started talking too much. You, and you start, start You start, yeah. You start revealing how incompetent you really are. You know, like I always, I, I've lived by this quote, and people who know me well have heard me say this: "It's best to be quiet." And thought to be a fool than to speak and remove, and remove all, doubt. all doubt. Perception becomes a bitch very quickly because when people and, you know, this happens a lot whenever I'd have those corporate meetings. And at the end of the meeting, when it's all silent, they'll be like, so does anyone have any questions? Silence. And there's always that one, one motherfucker, motherfucker in, in, in the room. They feel like they have to say something because if they don't speak. If they don't speak, then they they feel like the the instructor or the boss will feel like nobody was listening. Right. right? It's at the same at the end of interviews when they're like, "Do you have any questions or any follow up questions?" And you almost feel like you have to ask. It's something. better to not ask any question than to ask like, a stupid question because there's such a thing as a stupid question. Yeah, like you said, sometimes it's too early in the interview process to even start bringing up pay or. Um, you know, oh, what about holidays or... Yeah, does this come with a relocation package? Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, like, there's always that one motherfucker in the room who is so uncomfortable with the silence, and then he asks a question that causes the entire room to go... Oh, ah, damn. Now we're going to be here for another 30 minutes. <laughs> And it's always some dumb question, too, that actually reveals how much they didn't understand. Or weren't paying attention. Yes. And it's like, if you didn't get that, now we have to go over the entire thing again. Because that's one of the fundamentals. Like, that was the entire point. If you don't get the whole point, we're back to square one. Right. 
So we were talking about this offline, and I'm going to bring it up. You, you thought okay. this was a stretch, but I don't think it's a stretch. <laughs> okay. I, look, uh. so the philosophy says, and if you care, you can click on the link in the book to buy the book. You already did the plug in no, that. Okay, okay. But it, it's, it's contextual. It makes sense. But look, what I say is perception precedes reality. Mm-hmm. Reality cannot come into existence without perspective without context which is why the mind cannot exist in a vacuum the companies that exist in our world today are a reflection of what human desires and what human habits and and what human nature is so like for example or the example i gave is google google is a company or or search engine that exists because of the human the, the existential nature of horror vacui. People cannot exist in a vacuum. The minds cannot just know or exist without knowing. We always need to know. So it makes sense that from that point of view, a company that seems to answer every fucking question would exist. Like Google is like God. You type into Google, what is the weather? Google tell you. You ask God, <laughs> you ask God, what's the weather? You know, it's a 50-50 shot on what answer you get. You get a little rash on your ass. You ask Google, what is this rash? Google has answers. Your mind answer. can't, your mind just can't exist not knowing the answer to that. Now, you look at Facebook. Facebook exists because of the human need to be validated. We seek social validation. We like likes. We like approval. It's how we social proof. So a company that exists that validates that, you know, Amazon, our need to excess. Uh-huh. We live in a society where consumption, overconsumption, excess, you know, uh, uh, lack of patience. Amazon exists to fill that need. We, we live in a world where people want to feel, again, separation from others, us versus them. You know, we want to feel like, oh, we are the cool ones, uh, luxury, affluence. You start getting into companies like Apple, Rolls Royce, Mercedes Benz, you know. So these are companies that exist because of how we human beings kind of validate. So my question is, if we, if we were different species, and it contextually, if if we if we could exist in a state of if being the verb was a perpetual state, mm-hmm. right? If being in the vacuum was a perpetual human state, do you see how the companies that exist in our world today would be different? Because what we value would be different. Our needs would be different. So the companies that supply our needs would be different because we have different needs. So, OK, so what you're talking about is the human condition and. I would say, so the companies today are no different than they were 100, 200, 1,000 years ago. All a company is a business, and a business is just there. To fill a need. To fill a need. So I'm thinking like, okay, uh, before Google, there was the library, you know, or there was that local witch who could tell your future or, you know, uh, read palms or your past. Google is the new witch. Yeah. Um, So... We've always seeked to know or understand or gain knowledge about things. We've always, um, human beings have always needed to be validated. That's why they had, you know, social gatherings and everyone, you'd wear your best dress to, to church so that you could get validated by all your neighbors and show off your wealth. So if um, you've ever heard us say life is a flat circle, this is what I mean by that, that the yeah. world is not different. There is no such thing as like evolution. It's all it's all a fucking cycle. The world yeah. is today as it's been in the past. Like back in the old days, if you wanted to send short messages from one castle to another, you tied you, to a pigeon. You, you tied it, it to the to, yeah. You send a pigeon. You tied a note to a pigeon's foot. You know what we call that today? Hmm. Twitter. <laughs> you know, like so people are like oh oh look, you know, these companies, these tech companies are new. It's like no, it's just the world tech is the scale for which the world is just evolved or remained the same i guess if you want to think about it that way yeah nothing's different the, the world today condition hasn't changed with the same flaws that drive it's just going to look slightly different and nuanced and the scale is different because the scale in which we can have access to google now versus we we, we have, have access, access to, to information a witch doctor right is going to be totally different 
So I, I do feel like the scale has exacerbated, kind of like we um we watched this uh, interview with Sandra Bullock a long time ago, and she talked about how the money didn't change her narcissistic tendencies or her asking, self-doubt. They were and, asking her if money changes her. Yeah, like if it made her more confident and more self-assured and that kind of thing. And she, she, she's like, I'm still a neurotic person. I'm still insecure. I just now have more money to throw and feed my insecurities, my insecurities and my neuroticism. So I loved that point because we're still the same human beings. We're still the same people. It's just going to manifest a little differently how how we scale those problems and how much energy we feed into them when you have money. It's like That's why they always say, it's like if you have a little, you'll do well with a lot. Because you'll be the same person. You're the same person regardless. Regardless. Yeah. Um, life doesn't change when you win the lottery. You know, it's, it's you right. have to change to, to basically make your life the lottery. Right. So I, this is why I disagree with your point a little bit, because I don't think we're ever going to be able to change the human condition. I don't think we can be I, the I agree. Enough. I agree. I agree. Um, I think, I think the skill is now to know and understand our perception and how how being the noun is limiting our life and is driving us towards these these standard roles and these these fucked up mindsets our our neuroticism like basically so so okay so if you think back to the old podcast we the last one Uh um the laws of perception right where we talked about travel and trauma being the uh, Mm -hmm. the the force is great enough to knock you mm-hmm. or to or to thrust you into a different paradigm. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's what people will need to to move from one point of view to the other because mm-hmm. we're unable to self-propel ourselves into a different way of thinking. Yes. So we pep- we, we we live the same lives on repeat. So if we think about humanity as a collective whole, right, to the point we just made where it's the same shit no matter what generation you're in, it's just different variations of shit you know twitter was a pigeon uh facebook and social validation was gathering in the courtyard for likes and whatever uh amazon prime was the gypsies and the jesters performing for us on stage you know (laughs) whatever what kind of traumatic force will humanity need to knock us or thrust us into a different type of existence where our companies are different where are the way we live like well i think we're living through one right now i think covid is shaping our reality and we, we have yet to even see all of the so covid is just probably it's thrust us about five years or more years. into the future yeah but it's the same it's gotten, shit it's the same paradigm yeah like we were thrust from call it the pigeons to twitter uh-huh. Right. We're thrust into a different variation of something that already exists. Like in yeah, the fitness. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's just changing how we are. It's, it is changing our lifestyle and how things are done. Like you said, a lot of people who had maybe financial problems, this is going to thrust them further into those financial problems where they may see and recognize and have to deal with that problem sooner than they would have otherwise. Or maybe fitness level, they finally have the time and the energy since they're not having to work to deal with and change the trajectory of where they're going with their fitness. Companies are going to change. And now companies who normally had office spaces, they're going to have everyone work from home from now on. Right. So another... It, It is shaping our world. Sort of, kind of. So, like, okay. So, in in call it the office space world, right? You're going to see all that market capitalization shift from the office to the home because mm-hmm. now employers are no longer going to need to outfit their actual physical space mm-hmm. with all the high tech Wi-Fi or the passwords, the fire. You know, like we're going to be doing that with people's homes now because people are working more from home. So maybe Hillary Clinton was onto something when she had that personal <laughs> server at home. Maybe she was just living in the future already. It just took us some time to fucking to catch, catch up, up to it. But I'm not being political right now. I'm just <laughs> never. You know, um, you look at even our our industry, the fitness space, right? Where where all oh, the fitness industry is shrinking. That's what you're hearing people say. And I'm like, no, the same amount of money is still in fitness. It's just shifting from that mid tier twin fra fitness, LA fitness, Gold's Gym kind of paradigm into 
like Peloton and Mirror, right? Like the uh-huh. money just transitioned into somebody else's pocket. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't disappear. It's not like people all of a sudden just don't want to work out. Well, you still want to work out. Um, a, a, a shift too, and the more people are working out either outside now doing their own workouts, right? Or they're going to boutique fitness. So th- think so about the last end, six months. Yeah. Think about the last six months. All the upgrades they've made just to the parks around where mm-hmm. we live. They've built like a whole new walkway. So the money is trans, and now taxes go up, right? So like the the money is transitioning into fitness in different ways. It's just people may not recognize how fitness is evolving, mm-hmm. but it's not. And the point I'm trying to make is how do we shift to where if somebody, if we were to, okay, th- if you and I were to show up in the future, mm-hmm. would the world look structurally different than what it does now? Could we look back and have a hard time? making parallels to what was and what we are currently seeing. If we can, then the world isn't changed. I'm talking about, could we ever exist in the world where I can go into the future and go, okay, imagine if I lived in the days of the pigeon. And I and now I live now, and and I, I came back to the world now, and oh, this Twitter, I'm oh, we, this this is the pigeon, this is the pigeon. I recognize this shit, I recognize this. If we were to show up in the future right now, would uh-huh. I would I have the same recognition of what once was? And if the answer is yes, then that's the question is, could we ever exist in the world where there is no correlation to the present no. from the past? No, because that we so would... we're doomed. <laughs> we're doomed to live the same bullshit over and over we are. again. We are like even um, I told you I didn't. Again, I almost don't want to bring this up because I didn't watch the movie, but I was reading the synopsis of a movie and I was so irritated by it because it, it was this exact thing where these um, AI robots take uh, a couple human children because the world is ending and they take them to a new planet to start over and try to build a world without the, the religion, <laughs> biases and bullshit and racism. And I They're said trying to, you- to create that utopia, perfect world. And you know from the get-go it is a doomed experiment because we as human beings in our nature will always... Cannot exist in a vacuum. So we're just going to create new paradigms yes. and, and new races and new laws and new, yes. new, new bullshit. New wars, new bullshit. Yeah, because basically Earth got devastated by all the hate and the wars and the, the so fighting. So let's move people to Mars and start a planet start without, without restrict, without, uh, without gonna, nouns, without labels, without... yeah. It's the same thing even in government. Like, this is why there is no such thing as a perfect form of government. They all have good ideals like democracy, capitalism, socialism, oh, communism. Don't, don't tell that to people because they'd be holding on to their points of views. Like, Yeah, but when you, when you go down to the nuggets of these political beliefs, the ideology is not bad. Like, they all have these wonderful kumbaya, like, let's look out for each other good and good intentions. And then when it comes into fruition, like when you actually see it in practice, it's so flawed because humans are the ones running it and no person in power is ever always going to be able to resist the, the temptation, temptation of power. to use that power to their own advantage. And if you look at our, our own like political leaders, um, whether it was Hillary or Biden or Trump, there is going to be a flaw in that that political power in the sense of so a lot of people said that Trump was a better candidate because he could fund his own candidacy because he's a billionaire. Right. But that's not true. Because even so Hillary or Biden, they're going to be owned because they're going to become puppets because people have to contribute and donate. We have a system that relies on people to to have millionaire backing to run for presidency. We have the most expensive... These elections are not cheap. Elections, yes. So it's not about being the best person for the job. It's can can you get the money? Do you have the money? And while, yes, Trump has his own money, so he's not, quote unquote, owned by anybody, he is still in a position of power... To protect self-interest. Yes, to protect his bottom line, to funnel the money where he wants it to go and give the tax breaks where he wants them to be... So whether it's being uh, like being owned by his own self-interests um, at, or like the other pre- candidates being owned by other people's self-interests, they're, they're both in a position to not make 
decisions based on what's a, what's the best for the people, but what's best for themselves. You know, I think most Americans rationally can look at both candidates, and this is taking a weird political turn, <laughs> uh-huh. and recognize that, you know what, is it? this can't be the best America has to Absolutely offer. Absolutely not. But, 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 we're so afraid to let the presidency just stay vacant and vacuum that we will, we will pick one of two shitty options, right? And throughout history, throughout American politics, this has been true. It's like we know both candidates well, suck. Well, a vacuum, a vacuum historically in any society has always been the most dangerous thing. This is why even in the Bible they talk about the Israelites reached out to God asking for a king, and he's like, you really don't want a king, trust me. And I go, ah, we think we do. And God, like, you you trust you me. Don't you, don't want a, you don't want a motherfucker for. telling you what to do. But You don't they, want a leader. You don't want a leader. You, you don't want a leader. Just lead yourselves. Just you're lead in a yourselves. good. You're in a good spot right now. You guys are competent, capable fuckers. <laughs> Collectively, you can figure this out. But the people are like, we want a president. We want a president. God, like, okay. care for what you ask for. Care for it. So we we crave that leadership, and vacuums tend to cause like like the, some of the most gruesome wars in history were caused by because a leader unexpectedly died or was removed from office, vacuum and now there's a vacuum off, of people right. fighting to take that power. So the problem is, as long as there is a seat of power and people are used to it being filled, yes. Even at work, fill in a position. Like, I know this because if you have a position open and it stays vacant for too long, you start going crazy. It's like, like, I got I to gotta hire somebody. I I gotta, gotta, you start itching, itching like you're on weed. Like, I got to fill this. You, start, you might it. be like Dave, Dave Chappelle, like, I'm on crack. I'm on crack. I'm on crack. The position's empty. I got to fill it. And you start so, putting someone bad in that position. You're so afraid to be in a vacuum or to exist in a vacuum that you hired the wrong person in role because you're just it. not comfortable with the silence. I know. We both almost did that this week. And luckily, I feel like we both kind of narrowly escaped making a, a rationalized decision. Every bad hire that I've ever made is a function of me not wanting to be Being in a rushed, vacuum. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, man, I don't want to have to work the front desk. So I just need to hire somebody. Just get a body in here. It's just like, oh, man, I did the position. I've convinced myself by through some weird series of laws, if the position is open more than like seven days or, or 14 days, it somehow looks bad. Like, where the fuck did I get that from? It's this fear of being in a vacuum. It's people in relationships. When you're 25 years old and oh, you're yeah, still single, single, you're still single. You start, I joke all the time people, now. If I end up single again, I'm, I'm embracing I'm, that I'm, shit. I'm fine. People start telling you, oh, oh you're going to get old. You start getting the fear of being alone, the fear of being in a vacuum, fear of being by yourself. You know, it's like kids. The only time in, an, in a person's life where they are in a vacuum is when they are kids. Mm-hmm. That pre age of enlightenment <laughs> well, pre 10 years old that's if their parents don't indoctrinate them okay so i will babies, say i was in babies it, but they're not aware enough to know that they're that's in a my vacuum. point that's my point that so are they truly in a vacuum or are they just willfully oblivious? i don't know yeah. but but that's that's as pure a state <laughs> as i'm trying to describe a state where when they're you still are, in that why phase why you, why why you're not but the subject more they to ask bias why, you're, you're we start feeling them shit yeah because you can't just because they can't exist in a vacuum and we would do the same thing. It's like you start just now giving them our. I, I hope we won't do that to our kids. We kid. would because you start wanting to give them like the daddy. Why, daddy? You know? Why? And I, yeah. I, I look. I will do what what God did to the Israelites where they were asking for a king. Like uh, you now you just you, you'll start filling them with no, 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 no. I know. I when 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 our kids start asking me why, I'm gonna do what God did and be like, trust me, you don't want me to give you an answer. No, you can't do that because now someone else fills that vacuum. That's and true. Created... That's true. Now I got to fill it before somebody else <laughs> yeah, does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck it. Can't win. You can't. can't win. Can't win. We're doomed. <laughs> let's let's all just hold hands and walk off the fucking cliff and end our miserable human existence. <laughs> and I'm talking collectively as a humanity. Let's all just. Oh, I knew you were a cult leader. Now you're trying to preach group suicide. <laughs> let's all just walk. Drink lock, the Kool-Aid Let's together. all just drink the Kool-Aid. Look, at, at 11.59 on on november 31st i know november ends on the 30th <laughs> on november 31st <laughs> let's all just collectively drink the cyanide <laughs> and end this fucking uh. miserable experience we call the human condition 
Fuck, you can't get away <laughs> can't from win. it. Can't, can't win. win. Can't win. So human beings unable to exist in a vacuum. What is the solution here? Are we just... I think there's no solution. I think we're doomed. Let's all... What's the solution? That fear of blank spaces, man. Get you every time. It's like you see a blank wall and you can't just, just let hang it a picture. be. You, want... <laughs> <laughs> you got to. You got to. You know, you, you just can't. Even cavemen did it. They, they walked in. They start in. drawing shit on the yeah. wall. Like, it's like, motherfucker. We need to show that we were here. Show our Yes. Life. What the fuck is that about? What the, Can't we just exist and it no. doesn't matter if the next generation knows anyone was Think here? Think about our graveyards, the markers. The, like, we have to prove that we, that we existed. So we can't let the next generation just start blank. We have to let them. We have to force them to reference our bullshit existence and theirs and perpetuate the exact same cycle <laughs> when do, so is the solution just now nah, we god already tried that he wiped off <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> he put some motherfuckers in an ark wiped off the earth yeah and, we already talked about uh, this we're, the we're, same yeah, reality yeah, he already restarted but was the problem that he restarted with the same people from the old world I think we're all the same from maybe, any maybe, world. Maybe he just wiped Noah, whoever, all the animals didn't get to like survive. You're saying if he got the Africans instead of the Jews, it might have turned out. To- <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. Let's end the podcast before we start going down a rabbit hole here. You know, like, oh, this is the, now, they're, now they're talking about the anti-Semites. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're ridiculous. Okay. So, uh yeah, that's what we really wanted to talk about today is this hu- human need, this this human condition where we cannot exist in a vacuum. We have to you can think about it with how much media we have out today. We have podcasts like this. We have the radio, iTunes, Netflix, Hulu. Um, I mean, how many of us actually ever drive in silence anymore or just sit at our desks in silence? We always have something playing or going in the background. People think you're crazy now. To, yeah, it's like you you need something, and I, I find myself addicted to it. I need something to fill the silence. I need something to to, to fill the void. We're, we do it with everything. We're always trying to fill a void, and I think that people do it with, with food, religion, sex. I mean, addiction is literally just the need to, to fill, fill the void. void. To fill the vacuum. If you like what you heard, we appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Perception is a Bitch to listen to Sarah and I rant philosophy. Maybe this vac- this podcast is what you use to fill the void and the <laughs> silence because you're just scared, addicted, low, addicted and, and can't just exist in silence. If that's the case, I highly recommend that you rate the show five stars. Be the blank space, Asian. <laughs> don't, 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 don't need to don't, fill the don't noise. Don't project my bullshit no, on it. Nope. Give us a five-star rating on whatever audio platform uh, you listen to us on. We appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next time. Share this shit.